0: This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Paul Campbell from the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. And this dude is a turkey hunting nut like he is the version of me when it comes to so like i'm the whitetail guy he's the turkey guy so he absolutely loves doing all the turkey hunting he travels uh uh you know travels north america and hunts a variety of different uh you know states for turkey And he also works for the National Wild Turkey Federation. So his passion for turkeys kind of goes all the way into his life and uh, his career and things like that. So today's episode is, it's a a pretty good episode. I will say right now, there is a little bit of technical difficulty with his audio. So just stick with it. And uh, a majority of this episode is is no problems, but there's just a a couple spots where it gets a, a little wavy. But other than that, Man, we talk about calls. We talk about decoys. We talk about um, guns, ammo, uh, a little bit of everything. It's specifically about turkey gear that uh, you know, gear that will maybe help us or make us feel comfortable uh, during turkey season. So, excellent episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. I'm going to keep this intro s- short, uh, real quick. We have hunt stand right. If you guys are looking for a um, a map or a an app that you can put on your phone that will do a variety of different things, you know, as far as hunting uh, strategy is concerned, you need to go check out all the functionality of HuntStand at HuntStand.com. Obviously, it has the mapping options. And when I mean mapping options, I mean a variety of different base maps that you can use to, you know, do your e-scouting. You can document your travels across the, the landscape by, oh, you know, dropping pins and saying, oh man, here is a, uh, uh, here is a scrape. Here's a rub. Here's where I saw turkey strutting. Here's a bedding area. Here's a pinch point. Here's where I put a trail camera. Here's where I put a tree stand. And just journal every single thing that you guys uh, do in throughout the year. And then that just helps you become better prepared for the next season. The more data points, the more information, the more information, the more success. And so, uh, I strongly suggest going and lo- uh, checking out Hunt Stand. Huntstand.com is the website. And if you're looking for a 20% discount, you can enter the discount code SN20 20%. Uh, the next is The Average Conservationist, an awesome apparel line. And they they have a ton of awesome t-shirts, and they're very comfortable t-shirts. They're not the boxy type t-shirts. They're the soft t-shirts. Really comfortable, awesome hats, awesome logos, hoodies, and they have some other lifestyle uh, brands, uh, like uh, type of accessories as well that you could buy. But uh, I'm a huge fan. What's the hat here? This is the General's hat. It looks like a general would wear it. Uh, Actually, it looks like something you might see on Top Gun. It's a badass hat. It says the Average Conservationist has three stars on it. And then um, I love the the camo hoodie that they have as well. The cool thing about the Average Conservationist is that they give 10% of all their profits or all their revenue to some form of conservation effort, whether that's local or on a national level. And so not only is this company talking the talk but they're walking the walk as well and uh to be honest with you a lot more companies need to uh go go do that so if you want to find out more information about the average conservationist you can check out their podcast here on the network the average Conservationist, or um, or check out their website TheAverageConservationist.com, and check out all of their hats hoodies shirts and all the other cool stuff they have so that's it Let's get into today's episode with Paul Campbell, and let's talk about turkey gear. All right, on the Hunting Gear podcast today, fellow network podcaster, Paul Campbell from the Ohio Outdoors podcast. Paul, man, what's up?
1: Dan, how you doing, man? You doing all right?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Sounds like you're doing pretty good. You've already been out uh, trying to shoot turkeys.
1: I have. I, I, I spent the last couple of days in Alabama, got my butt thoroughly whooped by the turkeys in, in the state of Alabama, so it's still good, man. For, for an Ohio guy getting to hunt the first week of April, this is a rarity, so I'll take it. Can't complain.
0: Yeah. So, let's see here. Alabama, um, were they sounding off? Were they going crazy? Were they hen up? What was the deal?
1: So, they the, the, the first two days, they were super active. Uh, didn't want to commit. I was on a, a, a pretty pretty nice piece of Private property down there. Third day, I went out, uh, ventured out by myself. I got on a huge chunk of, uh, of private or public, uh, that big old national forest, and I didn't hear a single gobble until probably one thirty in the afternoon. And I went round and round with one turkey for like oh, three and a half, four hours. It was insane. Um, long story short, uh, I this turkey for whatever reason wouldn't leave this little strut zone down the street was like 50 yards off the side of the road and some guy in a truck sees this this turkey in full strut and pulls right up next to him rolls his window (laughs) down and and this turkey turns around and runs out of my life and i just kind of sat there totally deflated and picked up my stuff and went home so
0: (laughs) man that's one of those things where that's yeah that's that's not like just turkey specific that's like hunting specific i i've been there before where um I I was I, I did a blind rattling sequence one time, and I see this buck. Uh, he comes across this huge open field, like right in the middle of it, and he's coming right to me, right to me, right to me. And then all of a sudden there's a, a, a truck that pulls up alongside of this, I don't know, it, it was a ways away from where he's at, maybe 200 yards, but the guy noticed him. And so he stopped, and then the buck looked. And then he turned around and he just kind of, he ran the opposite direction. So just heartbreaking. I, yeah, I've had, I've had that happen before. Not necessarily in the Turkey woods, but uh, yeah, it is a little deflating. And then you're just like, man, I hate people.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did everything right. You know, and it's, it's some, some guy in a white pickup truck with Alabama plates ruined my day.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Well, so if you're hey. Just for all the guys who are listening in Alabama right now, if you drive a white pickup truck and it's turkey season and you see a strutter, just keep driving, man. You've seen strutters before, right? Just keep right?
1: driving, man. Do us all a favor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's see here. I think I've voiced my opinion on several different occasions that, like, I like turkey hunting. Don't get me wrong, but I don't get crazy hyped up about it like I do with – um with deer hunting and because of that, then my Turkey hunting gear and equipment is never like the greatest of the great. I, I am the, I use all the same clothing and boots. Uh, I do for, you know, my deer hunting adventures and and just like, man, maybe even like a pair of work jeans. Right. And I, I don't take, I don't take it serious on the gear end. Uh, but on deer hunting, I do. You, it sounds like through previous conversation, you're a, a turkey hunting nut, is that correct?
1: I love it, yeah, yeah, love it. Think about it, 365 days a year. And I'm that guy that I have I, I have enough turkey hunting stuff that I could outfit like 30 different people. <laughs> and I still buy something new every year. And you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's, yeah. if it's something that I can use to kill a turkey, I'm gonna try it out.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: always looking for something new,
0: but but your passion there reflects your gear, right? So that's where you're sure. putting all, a lot of your energy, you know, your your money and and time researching products and equipment is to uh, get in, you know, to to gather that stuff.
1: Yeah, most most definitely. I mean, it started out, you know, 15 years ago. I was the the, the cheapest Walmart camo, yeah, you know, Caterpillar black work boots from Walmart, and it's 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 evolved into. You know, I want to be my, my personal philosophy, especially with turkey hunting, the more comfortable I am, you know, with good gear, the longer I can stay out and hunt. You yeah. know, if I've got crappy boots and I wear a, you know, a blister in my heel four miles into the woods, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done for a week, yeah. you know, so
0: yeah, I feel that's where you. I come from. Okay. So let's talk about this gear. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, this is going to be, it's turkey season. So this is turkey specific. Why don't you kind of talk about necessities, all right? And let's not talk about weapon right now, but let's just talk about what you feel are necessities as far as gear and equipment for turkey hunting.
1: So I, I think that, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about turkey calls. I th- I, everyone knows that you need to have a turkey call. And some people say you don't need a call to kill a turkey. You probably do. So I, I think for me, the biggest necessity, and this is something that I have searched for a decade and i just mentioned it it's a pair of good turkey boots and for me it's something specific um to turkey hunting and and my style i do a lot of public land i do a a ton of you know i go in to the turkey woods and i'm gonna and and dan i'm probably gonna average like seven to ten miles every time i hunt And it's you know through creeks, it's through mud, it's up the side of hills, and and so I I, I've looked. I want to be lightweight. I want to and and I've explained this to people, and they kind of look at me funny. I want my feet to feel the ground still when I'm running, you know. Yeah. But be protected. So, you know, I've tried the big, you know, like the muck boots or you know the, uh, you know the boots. I I I wear like a lacrosse or Irish Setter, you know, insulated boots for for deer season. I wouldn't wear those in the turkey woods because they're too heavy. My I, my feet feel dumb. So I think for me, like that, the 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 main thing for me is a good pair of boots. That's like the number one necessity. Yeah. Um, I think the you know camouflage. You can wear anything. I I honestly believe that it doesn't matter what the color is. I mean, you can wear solids, like you said. You could if if you're wearing a brown shirt and brown pants, you're probably going to blend in at some point. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Um, you can't camouflage. I think is really whatever you're comfortable with, whatever your whatever your budget supports. Um, boots, put the money into it, yeah. and you know I, I I've I've gone through probably 15 pairs of boots over the years. Yeah. Try them out for a season. Don't like them, just and just keep upgrading. So yeah, that's n- the that's one, the way it
0: is for pretty much all hunting right is i think it all it all starts with the feet whether you're deer you're out west climbing mountains or you're in a a hot environment or a cool environment you have to have a pair you have to have a pair of socks and a pair of boots that are going to keep you comfortable in whatever environment you're hunting in
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean i I took a a new guy out a couple years ago and he went out and bought a pair of like ten dollar rubber boots from TSC a Tractor Supply Company. I'm like, you are going to hate your life yeah. here in about two hours. So, yeah. yeah, put it put it in. You know, I think I think uh, I, a vest is an, another thing that you might not necessarily need to have it. It's definitely going to make your life easier. You know, you can hold hold some of your calls and gear and water and and it it provides comfort with the seat. So yeah, that's something that I've I've. You know, I bought I bought a Cabela's. I think it's called like a tactical tater vest. I bought it in like 2008, and I've bought probably like six vests since then. I always go back to that tactical tater every time. Yeah, so it's comfortable and it's functional. So
0: yeah, okay. So you know, you 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 read about the biology of a wild turkey, and when it comes to their eyesight they are, they have really, let's just boil it down. They have really good eyesight. Okay. So I am like, when it comes to deer hunting, man, I just don't think like I wear off browns and and dark greens, like foresty colors. Right. I I, I don't necessarily think camo impacts deer hunting as much as most people think it does. With that said, I kind of believe that that it does make an impact on uh on turkey because you're you're usually at ground level with them unless you're in a blind right unless you're in a hunting blind but if you're doing the kind of turkey hunting that i do i'm not sure what you do but i'm the run and gun no blind sit up against a tree hold still maybe throw some decoys out and wait try to call them into me um and so I, I want to be blended in as much as possible. Do you feel that camo is more important or it has it plays a role in turkey hunting?
1: Yeah, with, with without a doubt. Um, I, I feel like a deer some years deer will look at something and say, "What is that?" Turkey will look at something and say, "What was that?" As it's running away, right? So your margin of error. With turkeys is zero. If they see something that they don't like, they are gone immediately, and they're not—they're not, they're not gonna stick around to see what it is. You get no second shot to, with the, with the tom that's poking out there. So, I think anything that the hunter can do to the environment, and it, you know, it comes down to sitting still. That's the number one thing. But to blend into their surroundings, I mean, that—that's imperative. Yeah, and. Yeah, I guess it depends on what part of the country you're hunting in. Uh, you know, with with the colors, I I have, I use split camo. I've got a lot of brown on on the lower half of my body and a little bit of brown and green mixed in. Uh, you know, on, on the upper half. So
0: yeah, but yeah. I think
1: it's it's definitely it's 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 crucial. So
0: yeah, and that's what usually what I'm doing uh, during turkey hunting is I, I'll I'll wear a pair of work boots. Uh, or excuse me, a pair of work pants like, uh, Dickie's or, um, there's a brand I, I like called Arbor wear and it's a, like, uh, a khaki denim type work, really heavy duty pant. And that's what I, I usually wear around and then some kind of camo on top. And that can be what basically whatever's on the top of the pile, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah. I don't, I, do you have a favorite kind of camel pattern that you go with? Yeah, so I I use uh, my
1: pants are mossy oak bottomland. Yeah, all brown. Um, up top, I I rotate uh, early season. I'll use green leaf mossy oak green leaf, which is the bottom land, which is some green leaves in it. Yeah. Uh, late season in Ohio, when you know in two weeks you get all the understory you know grows up and there's a lot of green, so I'll switch to like obsession. Yeah. mossy oak obsession up, up top so just to, to kind of blend in a little a little bit more so and the mask i use the same face mask day in and day out it's just uh the old school mossy oak bottomland gotcha gotcha but definitely definitely uh heavy on the mossy oak
0: yeah for sure um i'll tell you this i have a cut off t-shirt sleeve for my mask. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I oh, use. Oh, nice. I, I, that's what yeah, I use. that'll work. Yeah. That'll absolutely work. Yep. I can remember one of the very first hunting trip, uh, like, uh, times I ever went turkey hunting. I had a, I had my work pants. I had a pair of work boots. I had, uh, um, what was it? A, uh, pair of Walmart. It was probably Tree or Mossy Oak. You know, one of those brands that you can buy at Walmart, a hooded sweatshirt. And that was it. I mean, and, and uh, 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 a camel baseball cap. And then I had a, at that time I had a face, like a face mask, but I killed, you know, my first Turkey that way. And, uh, but I also made a lot of mistakes, you know, those, those upcoming, you know, years and seasons trying to chase turkeys and things like that. Now when it, so we've talked about boots, we've talked about camo um, outside of those two, When it comes to maybe trying to make turkey hunting easier or to, you know, flatten a learning curve, are there any products that you've used or you've seen that have maybe helped someone become more successful? I think the,
1: to, to the biggest thing, and and this is, I mean, this is going to be kind of a, uh, yeah, no, no kidding answer is become proficient at calling whatever, call type that is so so many so many people get hung up on well if you can't use a mouth call you you know is that really turkey calling if you can't use a mouth call like i i, I can't do it 15 years ago i just moved to something else yeah and you know whether it be whether it be a box call find something that that that, that you can yelp on and that's all you need and get good at it yeah and it could be one of those little scratch boxes like with the hs strut makes them you just like pull pull a little rope and it and it yelps you know, don't don't be afraid to use something like that. Yeah, um, especially when you're when you're when you're first learning. I think people try to they get so hung up on the well. I'm going to use a mouth call, and they can kind of make a sound with it, but they're not real good at it because it takes a while to get good at that. So yeah. you know, put your pride aside, man. Use something that uh, that that you're efficient at, and and you're gonna ha- you're, you're gonna enjoy hunting turkeys more.
0: Yeah, I'll, way, I'll so. tell you this right now. I am absolutely horrible at calling using like a diaphragm call a mouth call i suck at it it. and and it's probably because i don't ever practice with it so i i'm a slate guy i'm a box guy box call guy yeah me Um, too and so that's what i've learned to you know to call them in at when it comes to specific uh calls right do you think there's any type of uh call that has a more realistic sound to it that may get them fired up and or get them located or uh you know have them respond to you yeah i i so i use i use a tube
1: call uh quite a bit it's just uh it's just a little piece of wood with a, a piece of latex over it and it they're super loud and that's and that's where it comes in to play for me if i'm you know, using a box call or a slate call or a trumpet, whatever it is, and I'm not getting any response. I can use that that tube call and I can cut on it. And it is, I mean, it just it will pull gobbles out of the hills that uh that's something, you know, another call type may not have done all day. And I I really think it's the tone and it's this it's like how loud it is. So you just kind of generate a shot gobble instinctively for for those for those toms. Once they do that, that's when that's when you can can dive in and and, and start getting closer and, and, and you know just actually hunting these these turkeys. But something real loud. So a lot you know a lot of guys will use like a like a box call for a locator call, just something that's real loud. You cut on it quick. I use a I use a tube call. They're cheap. They're super easy to learn, uh, and they are deadly.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've I've personally never used one before. So that's something you just blow in and it sounds like a hen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, uh you can actually gobble on them too. some of the guys that are that are that are more efficient, but it's just um, it's it's really it's kind of it's kind of weird like that you, you put the call on your on the top of your lip and you just like force a decent amount of air through it and it vibrates that that read. So it's kind of like a mouth call. You're you know, you're activating like a latex reed mm-hmm. to get that to produce that sound and then and then the tube, the bell, is just what amplifies it. So Okay. Yeah, that's super, not- super basic. Guys use like like uh, back in the day, they would use old snuff cans and throw rubber on them on, and, and, and use a a chewing tobacco can to call turkeys with. So that's kind of the history of those. But now oh, they wow. are yeah, they, they are they are pretty wild.
0: Yeah. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but you work for the National Wild Turkey Federation so i do so this guy actually knows something about turkeys
1: <laughs> i try, try my best <laughs> that's for sure
0: okay so uh, um now slate calls i mean there's glass yeah. there's actual slate there's plastic yeah. or resin or whatever there's a thousand different aluminum oh, lo- lo- brass oh yeah. yeah it goes deep yeah so f- for a newbie right what, what would you recommend uh for a newbie as far as calls is concerned
1: for for a newbie i would i would uh i think slate is more forgiving when it comes to the friction calls um that's definitely easier maintenance you just take like a little brillo pad and just lightly scratch it up um one of the things that that i've learned over the years and and this is just kind of my personal preference but i feel like you can um over condition like a glass call to where it uh kind of loses some of that the finer aspects of calling yeah. um Slate calls really easy to use, very forgiving. And I mean there's a there's 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 a ton of realism uh, to those to those slates. So if you're if you're new, I mean you can get like a primo slate call from Walmart for like fifteen bucks. Okay. And the thing sounds good, it's gonna kill turkeys. So that's I would definitely say if you were new to getting into turkey hunting, get you a slate call. Um, you know, if that's if you want to go that pot and peg, that's that's where I would start out. And you know, ten years down the road you're gonna have seventy five different Hot and peg calls and yeah, every surface type <laughs> you can right. imagine. Do you stuff. have
0: Do you have a favorite slate call? Um, I I, I do.
1: I, I picked up three or four years ago. I picked up the Woodhaven. Um, I think it's just called like the Cherry Classic and Slate. It's, it's a call they've been making for twenty years. And I mean, it just, for me, it's got, it's got just a lot of rasp. I mean, so there's, so you, you, you have your top surface material. So slate glass, copper, whatever it is. And then you'll have like a soundboard underneath that, that. you can't always see with those, uh, you know, like materials like slate. And the thing just sounds great, man. I mean, it's got a ton of rasp to it. Um, it's a very versatile call and it's easy to run. So I can, I can do, you know, all the different call types on, on this slate call and I can do them pretty well. And I mean, so that's that's definitely my my preferred. The first call I ever bought was a Primo's Power Crystal. And it's just a uh, like an acrylic call. And, Dan, it took me two weeks before I figured out that you had to rough the surface up to
0: get it to call. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I
1: had this striker. I would, I would sit in my house, and I would scratch this striker over this thing, and it wouldn't make a sound. I mean, it would just kind of, like, squeak. And, and this was before, like, YouTube, and I didn't have anybody that knew how to hunt turkeys two weeks before I figured out you had to sandpaper the, uh, <laughs> the top of the call. So
0: yeah. But yeah,
1: late, I would have totally avoided that. It's ready to go out of the box.
0: Well, that, and that's the thing. Like I, ha- I used to have an old, uh, box call until one day it got wet and then it warped and it never, it never worked again. Uh, even when I would put chalk on it now, uh, the next year I went to the store and the box call, and even on one of my slate calls if they get wet they still work which which is pretty cool cuz you know sometimes it's sprinkling or you drop it in some wet grass or condensation or or I don't know whatever reason there is yeah. some of the, some of these calls now work when they're soaking wet and that's I it's don't know. amazing. yeah it's amazing for a guy like me
1: yeah for for sure i mean you know before i forget i forget who came out it just just within the last like 5 years someone came out with like that uh like a pot and peg that you can like dip in water and it's got like the coated tip. And, but before that, like I, you know, my slate call wouldn't work if it was raining. So I would take a clear plastic bag into the woods and I would box call in there while it was raining. And I would call inside of this plastic bag because I couldn't, that was the only thing I had that would work in the rain.
0: Yeah. So So I, I carry, yeah, I carry two slate calls with me. Okay. And, and they and one striker so the the call itself they each have a little bit different of a tone right and sometimes I'll switch it up and, and make it seem like there's two turkeys maybe maybe two hens talking to each other well I don't know right I don't know shit about turkey hunting but yeah but I, I the a little bit of the tones do you, are you carrying multiple calls with you or just one
1: no I can I carry multiple and and the one thing that You know, if if you want to have, for budget reasons or simplicity reasons, whatever you want, if you want to have one turkey call, one slate call, box call, or, you know, slate call or or glass call, doesn't matter. If you have multiple strikers that are, you know, different material, different tips on them, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a different sound produced out of those individual strikers. So, I have two, I I have a glass call and a slate call, and I carry uh probably like six to seven different strikers into the woods every time i go and so if i and you know i I may only use two but if i need to switch it up and sound different i can get different tones and if it's a real quiet day you know nothing's gobbling i'll I'll switch up you know strikers just to see you know if i can if i can get a response out of just a different a a different sound so yeah it's one 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 easy way to do it
0: gotcha okay um now, when it comes to decoys, right? I mean, I've had I've had decoys as far as strategy is concerned. I've had decoys help me. I've had decoys hurt me. Um, I've had you know like a hen sees he sees the decoy. They're working into the call. Sees the decoys, turns around, and walks away. Uh, the you know the strutter follows. Um, I've had times where I've never had that experience. Like I've seen some guys have where they straight up run at a decoy they're they're just sprinting at the decoy i've never had um that before i've had them walk in kind of quickly but not run right they, they're strutting the whole way and um and so what's your opinion on decoys
1: so i i've used them i've had success uh over the years i don't use them a ton anymore unless the situation uh dictates it i mean just this week we were hunting over uh food plots and one night we used we used decoys i have i have no personal personal issues with them I have a funny decoy story i i i was hunting i had permission to hunt this big farm here in ohio and it was just a it was surrounded by woods that was not a part of the property it was all pasture land so i, I the first time i go out to hunt it i bring my one hen de- decoy and i forgot to bring the stake. so i search around this field at like five in the morning i find a stick I stick the stick in the ground. I set the hen decoy on top of it, and it's kind of like teetering on there. First thing in the morning, I get like 10 hens that fly out of the field. They make a beeline to this to this decoy, and as one of the hens is passing this decoy, she pecks at it and knocks it off the stick, and this decoy hits the ground, and they puff up, and they are gone. They take off running. They're putting all the way through this field. So decoys, use them cautiously. I mean, I guess if the situation dictates it, use it. Uh, if it's legal in your state, you know, use it. I don't use them a ton just because I don't want to carry them around the woods. And that's what it comes down to for me. Um, it's just one more thing that I got to worry about. I'd rather just, you know, find a bush to hide behind and, and you know, kind of block myself from the view of the tom. So,
0: yeah. Are there times out and, there and you're though, right, it, you wish you had one
1: though? 100%. I, uh, all the time. I mean, it, you know, I, how, how many times, like, and a lot of turkey hunters will, can relate to this, that, that you've got a tom that, that just hangs up 70 yards and you can see him and he can see you. He can see into the area that you're at and he doesn't see a hand and he's not dumb. So he's not coming up there. So, I mean, it happens. I think, and, and I think a lot of that's part of the fun for me is just kind of, you know, outsmarting that, that critter uh, on his territory. But if you're just looking to have fun and enjoy it, decoys are really, I mean, they can be a lot of fun yeah. when, when, when those turkeys come into them. And I've never had them come running up. I've, I've, I've definitely had them come into into my decoy set pretty aggressively which is pretty cool so
0: yeah that's cool man um so let's talk a little bit about okay so i don't necessarily want to get into the archery aspect of it because i feel like guys you know are using the same bow setup that they would with their their whitetails. i don't know do, do you bow yeah. hunt turkeys at all
1: You know, I've not bow hunted turkeys during the spring. I've done it in the fall, you know, while you're, you know, bow hunting deer. Um, Just the, just the way that I hunt, you know, I'm, I'm on my butt. I'm hiding in bushes. It's, it makes it just that much harder to, you know, to draw back a bow, uh, you know, and kill that Turkey. So it's not something that I've done. I'm, I'm not necessarily against it. I think the one thing that I will say is kind of like a public service announcement. Learn where, if you're an archery hunter for turkeys, learn where to hit them. There's, there's a very small kind of window um, target for, for, for turkeys. So there's a lot of good videos of, of really accomplished Turkey hunters uh, that, that, that use archery equipment on YouTube. So I would definitely, I, w- I would get into those, but not something that I've done very much.
0: Gotcha. Okay. There's that now guns. Okay. There's a, there's a wide variety of guns. There's a wide variety of Turkey uh, shells that you can, you can use uh, as far as shotguns are concerned. What's your setup? Yeah. So currently
1: I'm using a, one of the new Browning a fives. I use a a Carlson choke. I I shoot TSS. Uh, I just started that. I don't know, probably three, three years ago. I started shooting the TSS um i've i've had like six or seven different turkey setups over the years and i've killed turkeys with all of them so it's just um once again it's like whatever's comfortable for you whatever fits within your budget i i and and i know this is going to sound crazy but i'm a tinkerer man like I'll, I'll i'll buy a box of tss and go out and throw it down range just to see you know what it, what it looks like in in that you know and that's that shotgun or that that choke tube and I bought one of the, uh, and I, I don't want to discourage anyone from buying one, but one of the smaller, like 20 gauge, like single shots a couple years ago, didn't like how it patterned, but sold it, you know, just, just something that, uh, you know, I'm kind of, kind of weird about, I guess I put, I put a lot of time and effort into, into the patterning of the gun. And, and I want to make sure that it's, it, it is the most efficient killing implement I can take into the woods. I don't want any more, you know, I, I don't want my equipment to fail. That's yeah. frustrating. We've all had that, you know, so, I definitely put the put the time and an effort into the, into getting that setup dialed in as I possibly can. It's a lot like you with uh, with your with your bow setup, you know. I'm just I'm yeah. just a maniac about it. So
0: yeah, I feel you. I feel you. All right. I think
1: that I think the gun that I feel that I've had the most success with is just the absolute classic for hunting is the Remington 870. Okay. I, I you know I had the the thumb hole and I mean th-
0: that thing is the turkey killing workhorse. So I'll tell you this, my uh, my, how do I do? How do I say this? My weapon of choice is a 20 gauge. I have a Mossberg pump, 20 gauge, that I just put three shell. I I have a box of shells that it's probably ten years old. They're two and uh, two and a half, two and three quarter inch uh, turkey shells, and I've killed so many turkeys with that gun over the years that it's just, I don't know. I want a 12 gauge. Don't get me wrong, but you know, twelve gauges are heavier. They kick a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, I'm getting the job done. No choke, no no scope. Do you have a red dot on yours?
1: Uh Not currently. I, I've I've hunted with red dots before, um, but this this gun that I have now patterns pretty good with the iron sights, so I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I get
1: nervous about red dots, man. Like you talk about like something failing in the woods, and I've never had one fail, but it's always like in the back of my mind. You know, when I go to press this thing. Is the is the red dot going to pop up? So i i get i get sketched out about that stuff.
0: Yeah. So outside of that, then, um, what what kind of slug what what kind of slug are you using again, or uh, a shell you're using? The shot shells. So i use I use
1: TSS, and i've 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 experimented with uh, you know with, with Apex, with Federal. I'm currently this year. I'm I'm running uh, Rogue ammunition. I'm i I think they're just kind of a newer. Player on the game. I think eventually I'll just start loading my own stuff once I can figure all that out. But uh, man, I get like the number nines is what patterns the best out of my excuse me my my Browning. And there's blends. I mean, you can get sevens, eights, nines, blend of all three. I use the three and a half inch shells not because I'm like macho, but I want I want to pack a punch, man. When it when, yeah. it when it comes down to it, I want that I want that kill shot to be quick and over. So. Yeah, I would never like, you know, I, I would never shoot like 70 yards at a turkey. And that's like kind of the selling point for a lot of people for TSS, you know, and I honestly, I never even tried. I pattern my gun at like under 40 and that's and that's it for me. So, yeah, but man, yeah. I'll tell you, 40 yards at three and a half inch loads. They are devastating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I man, I I've, I don't know if I've ever killed a turkey at past 40 or at 40. Um, I've seen I've been hunting with guys who have taken some really long shots, but they have a pretty. uh pretty tight choke and they're they're shooting twelve gauge threes, three and a halves and you know, it's like firing a shot put out of your gun at that, you know, at that power and at that distance. So I uh, um I've never really been the long shot guy. Actually last year, if I would have had a twelve gauge, I probably would have taken the shot. I this Tom was right behind just like a very small bush, a couple branches. And I I feel like if I had a twelve gauge I would have taken the shot. Um, but I, only, I had a 20 gauge and I needed him to take two more steps. And then the example of the hen seeing the decoy, not liking it and skirting around. And instead of the Tom following the hens, he stayed on that straight line and basically caught back up with them and uh, yeah, didn't work. But that's yeah, tough. Yeah, but that's yeah, is what tough. it is. Um, outside yeah, of that, exactly. outside of that, is there any other... I don't know. Is there any other type of uh, a product out there that two things here, one that may benefit a new hunter, uh, someone who's brand new to Turkey hunting or second uh, maybe a guy who's really experienced and uh, is looking for something cool to take into the woods with him. You know, I, I
1: was down at ATA this year and I saw this, this, this new uh, ground blind company and, I've not used ground blinds before, just like they're kind of cumbersome and, you know, they're, they're a pain to, to, to pack up. But this company, Newcomb Hunting Blinds, I think they're out of North Carolina, good people. They made like this triangle looking blind and they call it a screen. So it's not necessarily a blind. So you put it out like kind of where the end of your gun barrel, you know, you, so you can move around the edge of the blind and then they've got holes cut out. Thing weighs like three pounds. I bought two of them. I've been taking a lot of a lot of you know my, my nephews and getting some kids into into hunting. And man, kids move around so much. I mean, it's just nonstop. I mean, you you know how it is. So I'm going to use some ground blinds this year, uh, just for some of the newer guys that I'm taking out. I've, I've I've got a one friend of mine. I took him duck hunting for the first time this year. And we had Mallard's coming in. He was shaking so bad, Dan, that, I mean, he could hardly lift his gun. So I know yeah. when it, when a Tom's getting close to him, he's going to be all over the place. So yeah. it's something that I, I haven't used in the past. But, I mean, I'm definitely going to use it, you know, this year just because of the kids that I'm bringing out and the new people just to give them that extra little, you know, protection. Um, but, man, this thing's super light. It folds up really quick. I really like it. I was very impressed with the construction. I think that you he- – stationary hunting maybe and if you want to be outside not like in the line that you use for deer hunting that thing was pretty it was it's pretty slick i i would definitely check those guys out um so that's new or old i think for like especially for like brand new hunters um a good locator call something that we haven't touched on uh, i mean you can get like the loot from me it's like 10 bucks
0: all right so as far as uh hunting products are 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 concerned you know gear for turkey hunting here um is there anything that you might recommend and we can answer i want you to answer this two ways one Answer it for a new hunter. Something that might help them in the field. Something that might help them be more successful. And then maybe uh, someone who's really experienced. They've already found uh, what works for them. But maybe a, a product out there that might just be cool to have. So I I was at the ATA show and I ran into this
1: uh, this ground blind manufacturer out in North Carolina, Newcomb ground blinds. And so they're like triangular. Um, they're super slick, man. They, they like, uh, they're, they're mobile, they're light. I've, I don't use a, not used a ground blind before in the past, but I've, I've been taking a lot of young kids out and, 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 and new hunters out into the woods that they get moved, they move around, they get jittery nonstop. So I wanted to, to have that, uh, you know, that, that blind to help you know, kind of shield them. But, um, for new hunters, I mean, I, I would definitely check that out. It's really portable. It's mobile. Um, I was very very impressed with with the way that it that it works, uh, and, and you know even if you're if you're if you're just setting up like in a farm field or something, it's 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 pretty cool. So, as far as like for for older hunters that that are that are more experienced, I I'd say some of the weirder call types uh, have have proven pretty effective for me over the last couple of years. Just kind of pulling a gobble out of uh you know a quiet morning. So. I bought a. I got into trumpet calls a couple of years ago. Wingbone calls are good. The tube call that I mentioned earlier, you know, I I would give one of those call types a try. And I've been able to get you know with especially with the trumpet, you know, when it's just a real quiet day or you know nothing's going on, I hit that thing a lot of times. I can get a response from from a tom on that thing uh, where I haven't gotten any interaction. You know, the rest of the day, so. You know, get out, get outside of your comfort zone. Use, uh, you know, use one of those cool calls and and uh, give them a try, man. I, I think I think a lot of guys will be really impressed with how they work and you
0: know what they can do for you. Perfect, man. Perfect. Well, is there anything that we forgot about turkey hunting gear and equipment? You know, I don't think so, I
1: man. We 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 covered it pretty pretty good, man. A good hat. Get a hat. Get an NWTF hat like I'm wearing right now. <laughs>